Pat Shermer is full of it. Because when Pat Shermer sat up there with Daniel Jones, after the Daniel Jones pick with Dave Gettleman, he was sad. He was distraught. <laughs> he thought he was going to lose his job, and you could see it. And now he just feels slightly good that a dude went six for six with the starting offensive line against a backup New York Jets defense. Listen, he did well, and it's cool. But, Pat Shermer, you need to slow your roll and stop acting like you wanted, dude, in the first place. You are one pathetic loser. (laughs) Welcome to Talking Giants, August 13th, 2019. We're going to recap, do a little film cleanup of the game. We're not going to do a full recap like we did on Friday's show. Uh, I want to talk about some other things, some things from the media. We'll answer some mailbag questions, and then we'll have Pat Regazzo on from GMED uh, HQ, and he does some pieces for Giant Insider. But first of all, I'm Bobby Skinner here with Danny King. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing, Bobby? Good, good. You know, going. I'm going to go through some Daniel Jones stuff. Um, a lot, a lot to unpack on this episode. So let's just jump right into it. That's what the people want. Uh, Daniel Jones, those first five throws, they've been overanalyzed and overreacted to. Uh, it's funny because, you know, we overreacted, but we embraced that we were overreacting. Um, and I think the, the the pushback was like, oh, you guys don't know anything about him. You're overreacting to these five throws. It's like, no, I, I know a lot about him. And I was just excited about these five throws. Um, they were very vanilla plays for the most part. Um, and then, you know, the whole like, a lot of people are saying like, oh, first read, like that's a bad thing. Like it's good to throw your, through your first read. You should, if your first read is open, you throw to your first read. And actually, let me just go through his throws, Danny, and then we can kind of discuss after that. Throw one. Uh, it was a, a slot go, and then the the, the wide receiver, Cody Latimer, run under slant. He gets him on that. Nice. It was against cover two man. About as basic defense as you can get. That's where everyone's running man coverage. You're rushing four, and then you have two safeties playing deep. The second one was really nice. It was an RPO to Golden Tate. Uh, the Mike linebacker bit on the play action. Golden Tate on a slant. That's a that's a that's a thing a lot of teams in the NFL are doing, and it's really hard to do, or, or sorry, really hard to stop. Play three was that that play action play to Cody Latimer. Uh, it was a seven man protection. The the left wide receiver, the X, uh, ran a go, and then the Z wide receiver, Cody Latimer, ran a cross, and it was verse cover two. So, uh, you know, it wasn't I, that. I'm not even sure if that one was his first read. Uh, Paul Perk or uh, Wayne Gallman, he went into the flats after the play action, and that kept the cornerback on the left side honest where he had to play under. And then Daniel Jones just put it right over his head uh, between him and the safety. Really nice throw. Play four was a seven-man blitz. So you had three guys running a ra- they had, but it was a seven-man protection as well. So you had three men, three guys running a route, three guys in man coverage, and then one safety deep, uh, a seven-yard or uh, eight-yard out, which got the first down. And then the touchdown uh, was covered to uh, – they had two two receivers on, on each side, including the tight end. They – one uh, – both ran a corner and then flat routes. So that's, that's like another cover two beater. That makes those corners play up, and that's why Daniel Jones made that play. Yeah, it was first read, but he was reading uh, one player on deciding to which wide receiver he was going to go to, if he was going to throw it into the flat route or if he was going to throw it to the corner. Or the check down that was wide open in the middle. So, yeah, it was it first read stuff, but it wasn't the easiest first read stuff in the world. It wasn't like he was just throwing slants. 
And that touchdown was really nice. Um, so, yeah, five for five. We don't want to overreact because it is very vanilla defenses. But anyways, Danny, I mean, you know, now that we have a, had a few days to, un, you know, unwind and, and not overreact, what, do you, what are your thoughts on the Daniel Jones stuff? I mean, the fact that people are complaining that he threw on his first reads is just mind-boggling to me. The guy completed his first five, five. He went five for five. I don't care if he throws on his first read, his last read. As long as the ball gets completed, I'm happy with that. And yeah, you said it wasn't. It was very vanilla defenses from the Jets. They weren't going to show what they bring to the table because we play them in Week 11 this year. So it makes sense that they didn't show everything at him. But this is Daniel Jones. The Jets are planning probably that Eli Manning is going to be the guy in Week 11. So they, they threw some stuff at him. One play in particular is one. Uh, it was that third down play when the Jets threw everything at him. Daniel Jones was very calm in the pocket and he delivered that great pass to get the first down and keep the drive going. So. For a rookie and all the hate he got from every from everyone, national media, fans, just fans of other teams, the guy went out there and silenced the critics for at least those few days. Obviously, it was five passes, and that's all we got to see from him. But now he's got an even tougher test coming up against the Chicago Bears, and they're a very solid team all around. Even whoever Daniel Jones goes up against, because Eli's probably gonna be starting that game, is probably be the same game plan. Because Pat Shermer says he wants to start all four quarterbacks. So whoever Daniel Jones will go up against, they're going to be solid defenders on that Bears defense. So if he could do that again this week, that'd be great. But Daniel Jones had a quality first drive. And that was also, let's make that was his first time playing with the first team offensive line. They, they never took a rep in practice. He just, they got thrown out there with Daniel Jones. They didn't know if he was going to be good, bad. They really didn't know his play style. And they adapted quickly to him, and he adapted to them, and they had a quality drive. So it was just a great drive all around to start Daniel Jones' career in New York. Yeah, and it's, it's like we, we just got, I mean, it's okay. To, like, people were mad that the Giants fans were excited. Like, you know, we're going to talk about the national media because I got pissed off at a couple guys. But, and I got into it with Ryan Clark. But people were mad that the Giants were, like, excited about it. Nobody's, like, go, like coming away from this and, like, wow, he's actually – the best quarterback in this draft because of those five throws and you guys are all idiots. But I think more of where it's like, Hey, maybe you guys were wrong. It's like, listen, yeah, was it vanilla stuff? But Daniel Jones went and was perfect against vanilla stuff where Dwayne Haskins faced vanilla stuff. And he sucked. Like he was just bad. Um, and, and it was fun. Actually, I want, I want to hold on to what I want to say about the media, but it was like, okay, this is nice. Like this was, yeah. Was it vanilla stuff? But he got the job done. And there was checkdowns there on that vanilla stuff, and he didn't. Uh, he didn't. He didn't go to those. He took chances, and that's what we, you know, have been excited about this all off season about Daniel Jones is that he goes down the field at a higher rate than uh, you know Dwayne Haskins and the other QBs. So we were looking forward to seeing his decision making. Um, and so yeah, was it first read stuff? But yeah, but that's that like. That's what you want out of your offense is doing first read. That's what we want. Pat. That's what Pat, Pat Shermer is hired to do is to make this offense very fluid. That's what the Rams are. Um, so, I, I don't know. It was just kind of frustrating that people were so mad that Giants fans were actually excited. But the offensive line, we didn't talk about much uh, much about them on Friday's show, so I wanted to do some cleanup on that. Uh, let's start with the center battle, and then we'll talk about the rest of the guys. Jalapio got 11 plays. Uh, Pulley got 30, uh, 38, I believe. Hold on. I'm pulling up my numbers. Um, Jalapio was better. Now, it was only 11 plays, but it was against uh, better players. He had more pop in the run game. 
uh, was bet, you know, he anchored in better in the past game. Pulley played pretty good too, though. He had a few mistakes, but he also played, you know, over three times as many snaps. So, you know, there's a, a lot more room for, you know, mistakes there. But he didn't, he wasn't as aggressive and didn't have like that same pop off the line of scrimmage that Jalapio had. So right now I've 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 and he he made one mistake. It was actually on the Russell Shepard touchdown. It was a play action, and Pulley just like didn't come off of his double team, and like the Mike linebacker blitzed in, almost got Tanny. Uh, ended up being a touchdown, but that was his own like missed assignment. Nonetheless, both played good, but I I still got Halapi as my number one, Danny. No, yeah, this is this has been John Halapio's position to win basically the whole camp. Yes, they signed Spencer Pulley to that three-year extension, but that's because Pulley, they can play him at guard if they need to, and you're not sure how healthy Jalapio is going to be coming off that fractured ankle. So, yeah, Jalapio, yeah, it was only, what, 11 plays, you said? Nothing in Nothing impressive, but we have to remember the rain completely altered the game plan. Week two, I'm not sure what the offensive line configuration is going to be, but I'm going to assume since Eli's starting, they're going to have the first team offensive line out there again for Eli and probably Daniel Jones. So we'll get a better feel for Jalapio and all of them as they'll probably get a few more snaps than they did last week. So. Yeah, Pulley. I'm a fan of Pulley. I've been a fan of Pulley. Uh, once he got moved back to that center position last year, the team really settled down. Obviously, Jamal Brown was brought in as well. But Spencer Pulley is a quality center, and if John Jalapio doesn't work out at center, which I don't see happening since he was the highest-graded Giants offensive lineman uh, through the two weeks last season before he broke his ankle, uh, it's going to be Jalapio's job to win. Uh, he, he's, a, he's a fighter. is very good. He's a physical guy. So... I, I like Calapio. I, I he's gonna have to be a major factor for this team again because he's gotta he's gotta prove he belongs. Because Spencer Pulley, he's no joke. They can easily substitute Calapio with Pulley, and it'll be like nothing happened. Because the only two people that have to get used to Pulley is a uh, Zeidler and Remmers, uh, Solder and uh, Hernandez already know Pulley well. So he's got to he's not gonna be an easy time for Calapio with Pulley right there behind him. But I believe he can get it done. Yeah, uh, Calapio is gonna be the guy. Uh, let's let's kind of go through it. Um, Zeitler played, you know, damn near perfect. Remmers, I, I like what I saw out of Remmers. I thought he played pretty good. Now, on that draw play, uh, he let his guy beat him inside, and it was a tackle for a loss. Solder got beat inside on a on an inside run play. Uh, it was, wasn't was the easiest block in the world, but nonetheless, he got he got beat inside. Will Hernandez had the holding penalty. But I'd say overall, it's only 11 plays. Um, I think everyone else did really well. I, I, I think they all did really well. And what was nice is that, like, yeah, there was a few mistakes, but those mistakes weren't, like, across the line like we've seen in the past where it's, you know, both guards getting blown up or both tackles getting beat off the edge. It was just kind of like one guy on, on all, like, those four plays. It was just one guy in each of them. No, yeah, the guys, they all play pretty well. Will Hernandez, as you said, had that holding call, but it was the very first drive, so you can't get too mad there. Uh, yeah, I, that, And I'm not I, even I, sure that was a holding penalty either. But. Yeah, that, that, that was the thing. I, don't, I didn't want to say it, but as I was looking at it, I'm like, where's the holding part of it? I, obviously, looks I like he just pancaked him, dude. It looked like a, yeah. a bam fuck, but they called, they called holding, but whatever. Yeah. 
we we already know our opinions on the refs in that game. Uh, but mainly with Remmers and Zeidler, I just want to see them build chemistry right now. That's the biggest thing. They need to get on the same page because we have our right tackle and right guard really haven't been on the same page in quite some time because I they've been injuries and none of those two have usually been good. So uh, Mike Remmers, as long as he can keep Eli off the ground, that's the biggest thing because we had Eric Flowers at that position for at least the first two weeks and we all know how that one Eli was on the ground basically every other play because of that as some of the other positions so Mike Rimmers let's be real he he's nothing crazy we if you got if you fall when we got Mike Rimmers we got like an all pro type player you're out of your mind he's not going to be like that he just needs to be an anchor on that right side keep Eli upright and that that's all he's here to do. He's in a proven year right now. Can he show he could still perform at an NFL level? Because he's on a one-year deal. To be quite honest, I think Mike Remmers will probably be gone after this year. Because if he has a solid year, teams are going to be paying him more money. And the Giants probably wouldn't. Well, they're, they're in the position to pay him. But maybe they'll want to go after someone else in free agency. I'm not going to say any names. But I do have a name in mind like Jack Conklin. But I, So I just said his name. But so, uh, Mike Remmers. Nothing crazy. But... He's our best right tackle. We had Chad Wheeler at right tackle last year. Anything's an upgrade over uh, Eric Flowers, and anything's an upgrade over Chad Wheeler, and Mike Remmers is that upgrade. So as long as he can keep Eli upright, I'm fine with that. Yeah, I was impressed with Remmers. Now, here's the things I noticed as a unit, man, and they were really encouraging. First of all, in the, in the run game. And one, the Giants were really good in, in pass pro when it was play action last year, so I just expect to be even better this year, and they they were good. Uh, in this game against the Jets. Their double teams have been spectacular. I mean, they, and what I mean is not like, oh, they're just blowing some guy 10 yards off the ball. Double teams, the key to double teams are knowing when to get off of it and get to the linebacker at the right time. So you don't overplay it or you don't underplay it and and let a guy fly by you. I mean, they were on the same page all night. That's pretty impressive for the first preseason game. So that's why I like. And then the second thing is, this year is going to be cutback city for Saquon. I mean, Saquon is going to cut back a lot. There were so many cutback lanes open, and Gallman would hit them, but he'd hit them like a second late, or he wouldn't bounce, or he couldn't break a, you know the same kind of tackle that that uh, Barkley had. But there was three run plays with that starting unit out there that I'm like, man, I think Barkley gets 10, 15 out of this, maybe even more. So I'm really excited because there are some things that Gallman couldn't do. There was one where Gallman, he lost yards, but I could have seen Saquon getting, you know, 15 plus on that play. So uh, it's, you know, all about beating, you know, that's that last safety, you know, one-on-one on the hole. And there's going to be some really big plays for Saquon. He's going to have uh, – it's going to be exciting to see Saquon this year, no matter what you think of this team, that this offensive line has improved and Saquon's going to do some special things. No, this offensive line is pretty fun to watch. As you said, their chemistry, for most part, pretty good. They're passing blocks off well. And, yeah, the cutback lanes were there, but Wayne Gallman is a Saquon Barkley. Not many running backs are Saquon Barkley, and those are hard to hit. But Saquon, he's something else, and we saw it last year. He made some impeccable plays out of nothing. He That Chicago Bears game, on that third and 23, I stick to that. That is arguably, in my opinion, one of the most impressive runs he had last year. It was basically a nothing play just to get the better punted position. He cut back one way, cut back the other way, ran it upfield, and somehow got a first down. That was the most impressive thing to me. And now with a even more capable offensive line in front of him, the possibilities are endless. The cutback lanes were there. Wayne Gallman, he he sometimes got to them, but most of the times he didn't because he just doesn't have that speed like Saquon Barkley, as you said. So now 
Saquon's not going to have a field day, in my opinion, with this offensive line. And this offensive line is going to set up the run lanes to give Saquon more yards. And that will allow the play-action game become even more deadly than it's been in past few years. Right now, we're in the hype mode of the season. That We have so much faith that this could be the year, that this team could make the playoffs. But there's optimistic to be there. You see the improvements we made. Best offensive line in years. Capable wide receivers around them. Yes, Golden Tate's gone for the first four games, most likely. But still, Sterling Shepard, Cody Latimer, Evan Ingram, three quality guys right there. And So I'm so hyped to see this week three preseason game because that's probably when we'll see most of the guys, except probably Sterling Shepard and Saquon. But that'll be like the real test for this off the line because Eli's probably going to get two quarters at the most. And it's just going to be fun. I can't wait for preseason week three. And week one in Dallas, that's going to be another fun thing to watch because Demarcus Lawrence, he's, he's that trash talker right there. But I believe we we have the group that could slow down Demarcus Lawrence and not make him tweet out, uh, put a picture out after the game saying, thanks, Josh, for bringing Eli back another year. I, I'm so excited to see how this group plays when we get to Dallas in week one. Anything, any other little things you want to do some film cleanup on that we uh, before we move on? I mean, I just want to get you. Uh, where was it? Right here. Uh, yeah. The the uh, the communication errors by the defense. Do, how major do you think it is? Because I don't think it's anything serious. It was one play. I believe Dicky got fixed, and they all know it's an issue. So, what what are your thoughts on that? Um, I I I'm not worried about it. The one thing is, and we did this at last year. I cannot stand when you have two wide receivers at the goal line on one side to one side, and you just have two corners over there without a safety over the top. Or like no plan for uh, a linebacker to go underneath and fill a passing lane. You're just pitting corners in, in a position to fail every time. So that was the only thing I thought. And the only other little thing, and I don't, I don't want to go into it, is on Daniel Jones' two biggest throws, there was checkdowns wide open, and it kind of made me go, "Is Eli throwing that throw?" So that's I, I saw. I'm just going to leave it at that. Uh, I don't totally to is. But but it definitely was in my mind. I was like, you know, does does Eli throw that ball deep or does he take that check down? And you know, being completely honest, that is what ran through my head. Um, the pass rush was really bad. I get that they are running four, but I think there's a lot of pressure on Lorenzo Carter to perform this year. I, I know this won't be the same defense that we run. Uh, and I, I guess yeah, let me pull up the uh, let me pull up the numbers uh, for formations and then uh, blitz percentage from the game. Um, Hold on, I'm pulling it up. Sorry, and then we can move on. By the way, see, Shane Smith got signed by the Saints. I did see that. I, I can tell you were very happy about that. But uh, I was. It was a surprise. We, you know, I had talked to him, and he pretty much had accepted that he's done. So that was that was really cool. And when I put that out, I was like, I hope nobody says anything mean to for the sake of being mean. All right, the Jets had 48 dropbacks. The Giants ran, rushed four on 43 plays, 90 percent of the time. They rushed five. On five plays, 10% of the time, three out of the five blitzes were by TB. So, very, van- you know, an example of the vanilla defenses. And the, on the Giants' 59 offensive plays, they ran three wide receivers, one tight end, one running back, which is the, you know, that's the formation you're going to see the most in the NFL. 73% of the time, two wide receivers, two tight ends, one running back, 20, 19% of the time. And then two wide receivers, a tight end, a fullback, and a tailback 8% of the time. So some pretty good uh, stuff there. Just interesting. Uh, so, yeah, let's move on. Right. I, I always debate bringing these things up because I think a lot of people don't care. But the national media and Ryan Clark, and more so, who you know I got into it the other night, 
on Twitter going back and forth and he made himself look like a fool. Saying like that Pat Shermer didn't even want Daniel Jones because of his body language at the press conference post-draft. I just thought that was like the dumbest thing ever because Dan, like Pat Shermer, like they're mad at, at the Giants and the Pat Shermer for like being happy that, about their quarterback and liking their quarterback. Seriously, Ryan Clark was like, "Oh, keep up that energy!" Like they were, they were seriously mad that that Pat Shermer liked what they saw out of Daniel Jones, and then to say that, "Oh, he didn't even want Daniel Jones on draft day because of uh, he was very like like you know mellow at that." It's like, yeah, that's the way Pat Shermer is in every single press conference. And they just picked three guys in the first round and traded up into the 30th spot. And they have an, another draft the next day. Like, excuse me if he's not, like, jumping for – like, Ryan Clark's like, he should have, like, said it with his chest and shouted that he got his guys. Like, when has Pat Shermer ever done that? And he's like, you're lying. Uh, Pat Shermer was smug and arrogant – or he was arrogant and pompous in that interview post game. And I posted the clip, and I was like – Please, like, is this really arrogant and pompous? All he said was, like, like we like this guy. We we think he's good. We it seems like everyone else besides us thinks that. Um, and then like it was that's all he said. It it was really silly. Like that Ryan Clark got mad, and like he kept deflecting, and it was it was kind of cool to you know prove him as an idiot. But it was just like a dumb take. Like why? why like you're he literally just guessing. Um, and then Chris Carter said that it was actually a bad touchdown. That touchdown pass by Daniel Jones. Like, oh, it was actually bad. Like, what are you talking about, dude? What do you mean it's actually bad? That was a really good throw at every level. Like, oh, they would have got intercepted by an NFL corner. It's like, no, it wouldn't have. Okay, maybe, like, the best safety in the league reads that a little better. But that was a really good throw. That gets that gets thrown against that, – that throw gets thrown against the ones and it gets scored every time. That corner doesn't get back. The reason that – like, oh, the corner should have played deeper. It's like, you know why the corner wasn't playing deeper? Because there was a guy in the flats. That was the play design, to have a guy run the flats to keep that corner shallow. So if that corner's deeper, Daniel Jones isn't throwing that ball, dummy. He's throwing it to the flats and he's going to get an 8, 10-yard gain. And it was on first and 10. It wasn't like it was third and 11 and the corner was playing shallow. It was just stupid all around, and and it was it was sad because they were everyone was making excuses for Dwayne Haskins' horrible reads. I mean, Dwayne ha- like Dwayne Haskins stuff was first reads. Those two interceptions were first reads. They were just horrible, and they were making all the excuses in the world like, oh well, he made some really good throws. It's like no, he actually didn't. The one really good, the one like the best play he had was a rollout play, and it was a nice throw. But the guy had like four or five yards of separation. I get that it was like. 20 yards downfield and then they're praising him for when he escaped the tackle and almost threw an accurate ball to an end zone and by the way he passed up a guy that was wide open underneath like they were literally praising him for almost getting a guy in the end zone it's like yeah did you see what daniel jones did he got a guy perfect in the end zone so they made every excuse for haskins and i really think that they're starting to sweat this that maybe after the fact they started to actually watch the daniel jones tape and realize that maybe they're gonna end up looking dumb at this and man i I have so many tweets bookmarked. I cannot freaking wait for Daniel Jones to prove all these cats wrong. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones, the, the day after his five for five, he was the talk of the town and the QB controversy. I mean, the only people that really care about Daniel Jones are, are Pat Shermer. Well, according to Ryan Clark, he doesn't. Uh, Dave Gettleman, uh, John Mara, Steve Tisch. Uh, the guys in the locker room, the fans who believe, 
Uh, and, you're, you're gonna list everybody. <laughs> no, but but there's really, I mean, his family, gonna... David Cutcliffe, <laughs> uh, his high school coach, Peyton Manning, Gil I, Brandt. I mean, I, 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 I can't, I there's nothing much to say on it. I mean, people. The Giants. <laughs> I mean, they're gonna hate on Daniel Jones no matter what. They, Daniel Jones will never be a well liked guy. There will always be people talking about how he was the mistake to be drafted at six. And at that point, there's there's gonna be there's gonna be no win in this argument. There's gonna be a Daniel Jones argument every time he steps out onto the field. Week one, there's gonna be an argument saying. Daniel Jones posture on the sideline. He was slouched over, so he doesn't want to be there. Is Daniel Jones going to be the talk of town every week? And it's going to be, will he start this week? Will he start this week? So it's Daniel, until Daniel Jones plays a real NFL game, no one's going to respect him because it's a preseason game. And I can imagine people are like, ah, oh, five for five. It was uh, one preseason drive against some second string guys, and he only played one drive. Like Dwayne, if this happened to Dwayne Hathis, he would have been in the whole game, some people would say. But it, there's nothing to it. It's just. People get a t- Daniel Jones provides so much content for people, they're just going to keep using it. Yeah, it's kind of old and it's exposed some people for for hacks. Um, yeah, like you said, if it was like if Dwayne Haskins and Jones like flip flopped, it would have there would have been no patience preached with Daniel Jones and they would have been praising Haskins. So, and, and that's like that's pretty much a fact. Like, I don't think anyone can argue that. And then it was funny that Saturday morning the negative boys started coming after me. Um, there's like a, there's like a few of them and they admitted that, uh, you know, that they talk about me in their group text because they pulled up an old tweet where, what was funny is like, everyone tried to do these gotcha moments with me and it's like, and, and Danny, I mean, you've been a part of this. I've been extremely open on my progression of Daniel Jones, April 5th. Did I watch any Daniel Jones yet? No. Like when we did our first QB show, like episode two or whatever it was, we literally didn't even talk about Daniel Jones because we didn't think it was an option. And then April 5th, I made some lazy jokes um, about, like, oh, like, you shouldn't, like, no way they're going to pick him at 17. Don't you ever say that. And they retweeted that, like, gotcha. I was like, you want to hear the audio from April 22nd when we did our, our QB class show before the draft where I said I could see him being the best QB in the class and I don't understand all the hate after watching uh, four games. Um, and then, like, they then they did, the like, the post-draft video I did. And it's like, I've been – I don't know. It's just funny when people keep on trying to do these gotcha moments with me. And it's like, yeah, like I've been extremely open of my position and where where I was in the process with him and that I wanted Josh Rosen. I don't know. It's just it was silly. And finally, I just told one. I was like, dude, like why? Like, I don't. He's like, I was like, I don't like you. You don't like me. Why do you have to interact with me? Anyways, that that was pretty much the end of it. It was just funny. Like everyone tries to do these gotcha moments with me. It's like, that's not going to happen because. I've been extremely open with everything. I mean, we we let's be real. Both of us were not a fan of Daniel Jones when he was first drafted. You posted the video of you, like just doing a face palm. Like you, you were when I when I saw it happen, I'm like, just don't draft Daniel Jones. And then they drafted Daniel Jones, and I'm like, oh my god, they they drafted. See, Daniel I was Jones. saying don't draft Dwayne Haskins. I Is really he... didn't want Haskins. I mean, you know, and I know we, you, we and you differed on that a little bit, but I was. Big on don't draft Haskins, but I was just, I thought Josh Rosen was the pick. I literally like you don't like maybe because we had to dive so deep into Dwayne Haskins that I never really talked fully on this, but I was one hundred percent confident that Josh Rosen was going to be a New York Giant the next day, like a hundred percent confident. Um, and like when that didn't happen, I was just completely blown away. 
No, yeah, you were on the Josh Rosen train. And me, I'll, I, I'll be the first to admit it. I was a hundred percent in on Dwayne Haskins. Yes, I saw his tape. Yes, he was basically doing short, uh, short plays, and they took it upfield. But I was a hundred percent in the mindset that he was the guy. And then when they drafted Daniel Jones, I was not very happy about that. So, but I'm pretty. I bought his jersey literally the next day once it became available. But <laughs> that's besides the point. We, we. No one was a fan of Daniel Jones when he was first drafted. Some people claim they were, but the, everyone had their doubts right there. Because a quarterback out of Duke, how many quarterbacks out of Duke has been been very successful? Not many. So this is it's just, and also not many people have seen a Duke game for themselves. No, like, nobody had watched him. That's what it was. That's Danny. Like there's not even any need to go deeper. That's, nobody had seen him. That's and true. We yeah. just we just heard uh, like it was just dumb. Anyways. Um, Let's move on to the mailbag. Steve, freaking oh, sing wait. your song, Steven. Uh, oh, wait. Yeah, DeAndre sure Baker. We completely yeah. talked about DeAndre yeah. Baker. Sorry, DeAndre. DeAndre Baker is healthy. Amba at a towel towards ACL or his Achilles. Achilles. Sorry. Like, it sucks, but he wasn't going to be on this team anyways. Wow. I hate that. That's That's the cold-bloodedness wow. of this business, especially when you're strapped for time. Sorry, Amba. All right. Play that music, Steve. Mail time. The mail's here. Come on. Bye, guys. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me want to wag my tail. When it comes, I want to wail. All right. Thanks, Steve from Blues Clues. You're bald. SOB. Stanny, let's get into the mail. First question comes from at NYG underscore Pete. Uh, he asked, Corey Ballantyne's future role in the secondary, if he's cornerback too, what about Beal? Suman Baker's worked in the CB1. Uh, well, he, I don't see him uh, in the cornerback. Well, at least not the starting cornerback group this year. That's well, gonna be he's, I think he's going for 2020. 2020, 2020. All right, then. So Ballantyne's future in this, uh, well, Julian Love seems to be the free safety. At least that's the position they want him to be. So I believe he'll go there. Uh, you got, you'll have Baker at one, as you said. Uh, Sam Beal, I, I literally can't think of anything about him because the guy hasn't. Yes, he was there in OTAs and minicamp, but what has he done this camp? literally nothing he's been on the sideline with that groin injury so that's not helping him but yeah sam will probably as long as he's healthy uh he'll probably be cornerback number three i guess but you also take it effect grant haley's here and he's a favorite of that defensive side of the ball he's a he's a very good nickel corner i believe he'll get the job done so cory valentine he'll have a future here since he's proven he's a very smart corner as we said in our uh friday show when he, he got his head around right at the right time some corners do it too early some never do it he did it right when he needed to do he'd focus on receiver then turn his head at the ball so uh, he, he definitely has a future in this role if if grant haley doesn't work out let's say grant haley went from being a star of 2018 to being a, a not so good 2019 giants have Corey valentine i believe they believe he could be the guy to go into nickel then you have uh deandre baker sam beal as long as he's healthy obviously and then uh, Corey valentine and julian love will be the free safety I don't know, but here's what I'm going to say. Sam Beal, he needs to get on the field, man, or he's going to get cut. He's going to get cut from this team. They're not going to keep him if they got Ballantyne, Love who could play corner, DeAndre Baker, Janoris Jenkins, Grant Haley. They're not going to keep him. So he needs to get out on the field. And I, I, you know, I feel like I'm injury-shaming a guy right now. But 
you know, he was injured all of last year. Uh, we got him through the supplementary pick, and now he hasn't been able really to practice, you know, for the majority of camp. He needs to get out there and play. Like, I, I hate to be so ruthless with it, but Sam Beal needs to get out there or he's not even going to be on this team. Yeah, when when we were all holding our breath with the DeAndre Baker injury, it was right there when a lot of people realized what what does Sam Beal bring to this table? Because if DeAndre Baker's injury was worse, and luckily it's just a knee sprain, then we he's such a mystery at this point. We spent the third round pick of the supplemental draft. He's been dubbed the best pick from the supplemental draft since Josh Gordon. So the guy's a lot riding on him, but injuries have harmed him. He had that freak shoulder injury last year that kept him out all last season, and now he is dealing with the groin injury, but he had a very good spring, but now he hasn't seen any playing time. So, yes, you can't control an injury, but it's not helping him right now. This is He's losing valuable time. He needs to get out there and play and show that he can be the future of this team because right now the Giants' secondary position is pretty quite stacked with a lot of studs, DeAndre Baker, as we said. We already went over them, so there's no point in saying it. He, he needs to get out there, and if he doesn't get out there soon, I, I don't think well, Cut could be an option, but I believe they he's part of the future of this group, but he's losing valuable ground to the likes of DeAndre Baker. He needs to go out there and show, hey, just because he's a first-round pick, I'm better than him, so if he doesn't do that soon, it's going to be problematic at coming up. So... Next question comes from Daryl at Daryl Legrand. I almost thought they said legend, but at Daryl Legrand. Daryl is a legend, though. He is a legend, but I almost got confused because I saw the L and it was, I don't know. I don't know why I saw legend, but Daryl, you it's are a legend true. if you're listening to this. So he asked, do you think RJ McIntosh will make an impact this year? Bobby, I'll send this one to you first. Yeah, definitely. I think he's the first guy behind those, those top three of Dexter, BJ, and Dalvin. I really do. I think he will. Uh, I like RJ McIntosh a lot. I think I might have a little Miami bias to him, but he's got a good first move. The problem is, is that he doesn't seem to fight through plays when he doesn't win that win that initial battle at the line of scrimmage. Um, so he made some really good plays against against the Jets, um, and you know from his, his limited film from last year, I was came away pretty impressed. I like RJ McIntosh a lot. I do think he'll be an important guy. The question will be how much will he. Because with def, you know defenses, you know with nickel defense being the base defense now, it's how do you how do you get your fourth guy on the field? Um, so he's not going to be a major guy, but I could see him getting you know 20, 20, about twenty snaps a game is where I'd like to see him at. Yeah, we RJ McIntosh, another guy who had injuries last year. We don't know what it was, but it was something that ha- helped hold them out for basically the whole season. Then when he came in, we basically didn't see much about him. His so, arm got cut off, remember? Yes, I forgot his arm got cut off. He got the robotic. He got the robotic heart. I forgot we did talk about that, but yeah, I mean, I have, I, I can't say I had the faith in RJ McIntosh. I, yes, I've seen his college tapes. He seems like a beast, but right now I, I'm not overly excited about RJ McIntosh. I believe. Could he make an impact? Yes. Will he be part of that first uh, substitution group? Yes. But I'm just not on the RJ McIntosh train yet. I can't overhype myself on him just in case he fails, and I'm like, ah, oh, well, hmm, that 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 sucks. But I, I totally see why. Would be a real to, shame. That would be a real shame. Next question comes from Daniel Jones. Goat with uh, multiple T's. What's that? Three, four, five, seven T's at that. Daniel Jones Goat come from at Ellsbury NYY at uh, Ellsbury, the Yankees guy. What's he doing? He's been injured basically his whole career. He's not uh, actually injured. He's just 
They're trying to collect that insurance money, bro. Insurance fraud. You. I saw someone say like he, uh, he was out playing golf when the Yankees came to check on him and he, he pretended to be injured again. But this is talking Giants, not talking Yanks. That's John Boy and Jake's show. He asks, what do you think the pecking order looks like with the wide receivers, non named Shepard or Tate? Uh, so I'm going to start off with mine first. Uh, I got Russell Shepard. Well, uh, hang on. Cody at wide receiver number three. Then I got Benny. And then I got Russell Shepard because I'm a fan of Russell Shepard. I believe his leadership is very important to this team, and he's a well-liked guy in the locker room. And uh, he's there in the special teams game. So I, I like Russell Shepard. I hope he is on this roster. Come the 53-man cutdown day, Darius Slayton, obviously he's a draft pick. And then TJ Jones, I have him on here because I believe he'll be the punt return guy, uh, and he'll take some snaps when Golden Tate is gone for those first four games. He'll be part of the substitution group, but... Uh, if he can prove he could be a punt returner, TJ Jones is on this team, no, no matter what. Because Corey Ballantyne's probably going to take uh, kickoff return duties. They don't want to put they they will put Jabril Peppers back there if they have to, but uh, you don't want to. Yes, he did it before, but I, I'm nervous in punt return games. I want our guy to be healthy, so if TJ Jones could be that guy, put him back there. So that's my pecking order, Bobby. What's yours? Cody Latimer number one. I feel like that's an easy one. I got Benny Fowler number two. You know, he was the starter um, against the Jets. Now, I got TJ Jones at three. I was really impressed with TJ Jones. Six catches, 72 yards. I liked him going in. And I said, because of his route running, let him practice with Daniel Jones if you're not going to have him practicing with the starters. And that's what they did today. Supposedly, they hooked up a lot today. With Daniel Jones' anticipation and accuracy, that works great with great route running. Put those two casts together. We get a little Jones to Jones hookup. So I have Jones at three with the very real possibility of moving to two. In fact, I would have him at two, but I think three is where he's at right now. Russell Shepard at four. We all like Russell Shepard, but he's kind of just like a grizzled vet at this point. He's not going to go out and be a starting wide receiver, although that's not what he's been asked to do. And then Slate in fifth because we haven't seen him. We don't know. Um, you know, we got excited uh, from his college tape and he had, you know, some good offseason stuff. But you got to put Slayton at five right now. He essentially hasn't even ran a route with a team until today. He was out there healthy today. But he, he's behind the eight ball, um, and he already was kind of like uh, a long shot to get really important reps this year. So I got Slayton as my my last one. Uh, I'm just going to say this now. I I, I meant to put uh, Slayton behind TJ Jones because, as you just said, we don't know what he brings to the table. But, hey, he finally practiced today. So hopefully he will make his preseason debut uh, this Friday against Chicago, but no, I'm with you. Uh, if Russell Shepard's not called upon to be a starter wide receiver, he's just there in case injury happens, and that's what he did good last year once all the injuries happened at wide receiver. Next question, I believe it could be the last question. No, no, no. Hang on. Oh, we got it. at least a few more. At Kyle, Kyle underscore who's. He asks, who will be, uh, quote, surprising cuts this year? Bobby, I'll send it to you first. Chad Wheeler. Chad Wheeler was horrible last year. And he needed to come into camp and be ready to go and, and have an impressive preseason against players that are not part of the New York Giants because offensive line, defensive line, and practice, you get used to the guys you're going at. Like, you have the greatest scouting report in the world against those guys because you play against them every day. Chad Wheeler didn't even play because of injury against the Jets. He's behind the eight ball. They want Big George to be on this roster because of, uh, you know, he was a draft pick, and he hasn't been practicing because of concussions in the play. Um, 
But I think when he gets in, I do think he'll impress against the third stringers, which will pit a little more excitement around because he's that new toy. Um, and then if Chad Wheeler can't practice, I he sucks. <laughs> you know, he was really bad last year. And if he's not practicing and battling injury, that's not what you want out of your swing tackle. So I would say my surprise, if, if we're looking for just a surprise, I'm going to have to go with Chad Wheeler. Yeah, that's a that's a great choice right there. Being injured doesn't help, and uh, you got Big George out there as as the toy, and as I said, Mike Remmers is there, so nothing there. So my surprise cut. Well, I, I want to say a surprise cut is more of a well, it is a surprise. If you told me at this time uh, in like middle of the season last year that BJ Goodson would be running with the third string guys, I would look at you and laugh. So that's why he's my surprising cut. The fall from grace BJ Goodson had. BJ is... Sumpson. Oh wow. Okay, hang on. Don't 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 talk to my boy BJ like that. We're not boys. I don't know why I he said just we're told boys. Him, Danny. <laughs> I mean, because just look what happened. He went from being a starter in 2017, uh, 20 yeah, 2017, 2018, and now he's running with the third string guys. It, that's such a fall for it was. It was hard for me to watch because I was hyping up BJ Goodson this offseason. I'm like. I believe we could do a BJ Goodson, Tay Davis combination. Tay Davis, the versatility, BJ, the power. But no, he's uh, run with the first string guys. Basically, he's just a body on this team right now. So it's 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 it, it sucks to watch because I really like BJ Goodson and him going from starting next to Alec Ogletree to start to next to who knows who he was starting next to. Really tough to watch. Sad day, BJ Goodson. So. You hate to see it. Final question. Come, well, do you have anything to say? No, you said it. BJ Goodson sucks. So, do you have BJ anything to add on that? No, BJ sucks. And no, I've, the, what I have to add to it will be part of the next question. Okay, I got you. The next fi- final question comes from the real Frank the Tank. Frank Cop 74 He asks, if you had to pick one long shot that you really want on the squad, who who is it and why? I have a hard time picking between several of the offensive line like Nick Gates, Evan Brown, and even Big George. But aside from them, I want Jay Carlock on this roster as well as CJ Conrad. Bobby, I'll send it to you first because Easy we... Easy question. Frank the Tank is just setting this one up on a tee for me. Jay Carlock, baby. And I put this out because because after Daniel Jones could start, a lot of people were like, I was the first one to say Daniel Jones was the best. And it's like, okay, like, whatever. Um, and I was just like, hey, listen, a lot of people want credit for Daniel Jones, uh, like, predicting, like, he'd be good. I just want credit for Jake Carlock. Cause, and I pulled the audio from, like, our whatever it was, like, May 5th episode where we talked about the, the undrafted free agents on defense, and I talked about Jake Carlock. And I freaking called it to a T. I said, this guy plays like an absolute madman. He loves to put big hits on play people. He gets interceptions. And I said, I cannot, like the first preseason game, like I just cannot wait to watch him because he's going to play like a wild man. And that's exactly what he did. Pick six, had a sack all over the place on special teams. So Jake Carlock is it's just got to be the easy one for me. And I just want to say, I, we don't usually toot our own horn a little bit, but man, I have been killing some predictions. TJ Jones, uh, Daniel Jones, all that good stuff. Tay Davis, I, I've been, I've had a, a pretty good offseason of predictions. If I'm going to be completely honest with myself, when when they announced Jake Carlock, I, I 
I just saw he was from Long Island. I was like, all right, go Jay Carlock. Cause you know, you got to support the hometown kid. But then he actually came out and really shot, shocked the world. Not <laughs> me. Cause I was the first one to call yes. that. First, probably was the first one to call that, but I was rooting for Jay Carlock from the beginning. Not, not like Bobby was. I just rooted for him cause he was from Long Island and I want him to succeed. And turns out right now he's doing well. And uh, people in the organization like him, but, See a, a long shot for me. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go offensive. I'll, actually, I will go offensive line because the linebackers Ryan Connolly, Tay Davis, they're they're the ones going after BJ Goodson right now. So I'm gonna go offensive line here, and I'm gonna go Evan Brown. Re- reason being, for some reason, the Giants are a fan of Evan Brown. They like what he brings to the table. He's a versatile guy. So. I was at the Chicago. I, I always bring up the Chicago game because I was there. Because that's I had such a good view. But Evan Brown. He, he, you would think Evan Brown would be on the team, but they see something in him because basically all Evan Brown was doing last season when it was in his warm up gear, looking sad as he just couldn't play football. But now he's proven himself. N- nothing spectacular, but I think he's better than a guy like Nick Gates who had to move out to tackle due to all the injuries. So I'm going Evan Brown because the Giants see something in Evan Brown, and I mean, hey. Why not? He's a long shot to make the roster. Uh, I felt bad for him just last season. He just looked so sad being out there, not being able to play football during warm-up. So you make this team Evan Brown and show everyone that you are a quality backup guard. Yeah, yeah Evan Brown actually played pretty good. Uh, Joe, Jim, uh, James O'Hagan played really well, too. He had a screenplay that really excited me. Just dumped his guy at the line and got down film, put a hat on guy. Um, any Any other questions? gonna do the quick check but from what i've gathered oh no i found the last one at least i don't believe i asked marcus lopez at mark underscore lopez 86 how is golden looking uh we we don't know he's been pretty quiet uh so take that as you want Uh, no pass rusher really impressed in that preseason game let's be real he did get to the cube almost get to the quarterback one time kareem kareem martin had a nice hit on the qb but yeah, we we don't know enough from from Golden yet. They're they're, they're waiting to release Golden. It's week one is when we'll find and figure out who Golden Marcus is. Marcus Golden? Are you are you crazy? They're not gonna cut him. No, no, not cut him. That's not what I was saying. I'm saying that they're just gonna oh, release him, like, like unleash the crack. Yeah, unleash him. Yeah, I, I I may have accidentally missed something. He's gonna cut, but no, they're they're not gonna show their cards right now. He is he is what they're hoping to be the wild card, and then they're like, oh, Marcus Golden, we don't got a game plan for him. And then Marcus Golden gets like 15 sacks on Dak Prescott, who wants 40 million a year. That's a joke. He doesn't deserve it. So, Marcus Golden. No, he definitely deserves it. Please pay Dak $40 million. Yes, I mean, he does deserve it in that aspect. But, like, looking at it, for, if Dallas pays him $40 million, one, you're stupid. But there Please, you are stupid. Dallas, pay him $40 million, Trade Go Zeke. broke. Give Zeke, Amari, and Dak the whole team. Why not? Because, you know, they deserve it because they've been also good. Well, Zeke, but not Dak Prescott. Yeah, please pay all your guys way more than they deserve. That would be great. Um all right, I guess that is an episode. Yeah, that's an episode. That that is an episode, Danny. That's a that's an episode that we just did. That is an episode. Yeah, I just want to say we have been breaking records. We had our, our most downloaded episode was Friday's episode, and our reviews are so light. Like we get like like two percent of our listeners, or whatever it is, give us reviews. Can you get some freaking Apple reviews, please? We are we are like last of the Giants podcast. There is podcasts ahead of us that I know are not as good as us. I'm just being completely honest. Give us some reviews, people. 
it takes it takes like no time at all. Usually, I'm really nice about this, like we really appreciate it. But I want to be a little more like, come on, give us a freaking review. And we got one on Wednesday. We're so doing was... five episodes a week. Give us a review. I mean, come on now. Most of these ep- these people are doing like one episode a week, and it's not even timely. Jeez, Louise. All right, that's an episode. Leave a freaking review. Let's go, Big Blue. you just heard was made using anchor ever thought about making your own podcast anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started it's a one-stop shop for recording hosting and distributing podcasts best of all it's a hundred percent free sign up now at anchor.fm new that's anchor.fm new to get started